Aalto University Podcast. Hello, this is again Cloud Rejoice Podcast. I'm Tommy Kauppinen and today um, I have a visitor here, fantastic visitor Laura Virtavuori, welcome. Thank you. Uh, let, let's go uh, straight to the point. So um, you are very active in um, Universities of the Future project. Uh, can you share something more about it? Like what is your vision about the university development and futures of the universities? Okay, so um, we are talking now about the three years long EU project um, with uh, Finland, Poland and Portugal involved. And our goal is to um, generate a change in the way different institutions work together to prepare for Industry 4.0 by creating Education 4.0. So it's very much about collaboration between different um, um, parties, meaning uh, universities or other higher education institutions, industry and the public sector. Okay, wow, um, that's that's nice to hear about the project. But now, when I'm I'm thinking about you personally, so uh, how do you think? Um, what drives you in learning and teaching? Like, what what motivates you to, for example, in your project, but also beyond? Um, in learning and teaching, I think it's something that brings so much more to life. Um, it gets really boring if if you learn something and then you stay there. Uh, I always feel like, okay, so what's next? And um, so maybe that's the learning part. And then, then the teaching part, it's more about, it's kind of the joy of being able to share and to support others and uh, kind of be, be on a collaborative uh, journey with other people. Mm-hmm. Kind of see the development of other people. And yes. Seeing the sparkle in the eye. And, uh, yeah. Excellent. How about, the, uh, how about your project now? Uh, can you share some findings? I mean, have you already found some new future skills, if you like. I mean, there is a lot of talk about these 21st century skills and work-life skills. But, uh, yeah, um, I, I would say actually that it seems that there is pretty much kind of like consensus on what the needed skills are. Obviously, we don't know what the technologies of the future are going to be exactly. We know some themes kind of like AI, um, machine learning, big things. Um, so so that's kind of one part of it but then i think there is like kind of general agreement on that uh kind of this like uh facing complex kind of wicked problems and uh ability to solve them ability to function in uncertain circumstances and then kind of these co-working skills collaboration skills the skill to understand other people who are coming from different backgrounds and what you yourself represent so I think it's much about those skills and and um, also this kind of ability to learn. So learning how to learn. How do you think about the um, ability to use your freedom? I mean, I mean, it's 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 so many uh, trend analyses saying that uh, that uh, I mean, quite a few jobs are, are vanishing, and also perhaps if we can automate different uh, jobs, then we simply have more free time. So. What do you think about that? Is that also a skill to learn? Um, 
<laughs> well, maybe for me personally, no, because I've never had any <laughs> issues with using my free time. Um, but for certain people, yes, for sure. Um, but I also think, like, uh, I do believe in this like kind of basic income and that uh, people should have the freedom to choose if they want to work more or work less. And and I think it's the reality that we won't be having equal amount of work to everybody. That being said, I think it's also kind of a um, dangerous thing, this kind of freedom, um, because then how are you going to use that? How are you going to kind of channel your energy? Um, how do you know what you can choose and what not? So it can be very kind of stressful, I guess. In Finland, we have a very kind of safe environment. So maybe it's not such a big issue for us because we've kind of learned already that the government takes care of us. Uh, but then uh, if, you, if you take a look at other places around the globe where it's not the case, um, maybe there this kind of increased freedom, if it comes, uh, would be a, a, a bigger issue. Um, but also, I'm not really sure if it will come because it's always been the same conversation that, okay, so now we have uh, the steam engine. It's going to take our jobs. People will work less and that just doesn't happen. Um, so I am guessing that it's not jobs that will disappear. I think the change is more about jobs that are going to change and evolve into something a bit different than what they are now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I skip for more skills like creativity, communication, and critical thinking. Yes. As you were pointing out. Yes. Um, if you um, if you think about, I mean, now we were talking about the change in the society and so on. But if you think about yourself, uh, has there been some some moment in your life or career that has changed you somehow to think differently, perhaps, or um, about learning? I think. Because for me, it's always been very clear this path that, okay, so you go to high school, senior high school, then you go to a university, then you graduate, you go work. And um, I think what made a difference for me was the point when um, I was writing my bachelor's thesis to Professor Esa Saarinen, who is a philosopher. And um, I was writing my bachelor's thesis on happiness. And I think that provided me the pause to kind of stop and think about, okay, so what is it actually that I want from life? And what is it actually that I want to learn? And what is it that I want to become? Because it's it's so easy kind of to fall into the path that you've seen other people taking, but kind of taking the responsibility of learning to yourself and deciding that, okay, this is what I want to go, go towards and this is what I want to do. So... Um, I think that's that's like that's that bachelor's thesis was was that kind of defining moment for me. Mm-hmm. Excellent. I mean, that's it's it's about balance, isn't it? I mean, also like like where to focus and when and uh, and uh, what do you think? I mean, this balance between um, offline and online, also balance between. I mean, you mentioned happiness, of course, in your yeah. in your bachelor's thesis. Uh, the topic of your bachelor thesis, but uh, how do you see this balance between different kind of things? Um, well, I think that um, neither one is maybe kind of good on its own. Well, of course, like online is always nice if it's kind of um, not online. I mean, face to face is always um, super nice if it's possible. But then again, online brings so much more possibilities. At the moment, I feel like technology is not 
there yet to take all learning online. Uh, you can take all the information online and you can provide the information in a good, uh, interesting, attractive format online. Um, but what you can't do online yet is the kind of human connections and the crucial role kind of of this um, peer-to-peer learning, learning from your friends and working through problems together. I think that's where there is still a really big role for this kind of offline face-to-face learning. What do you think, uh, what are the reasons why, I mean, I completely agree I mean, yeah. with you. I mean, it's it's kind of the mix that actually works. So we need both face-to-face and then online. But but what do you think, what is the reason for, I mean, I mean that we actually need uh, also face-to-face? I mean, I think it, many of the reasons are kind of obvious, but what do you think about them? I think maybe the biggest reason is motivation. Mm. Because it's not very motivating to just like go through material on your own. It's much more motivating to kind of like figure out things and work on maybe real problems, real issues with real people. Um, and kind of getting the support of others that they are there in the same situation as you. Because obviously learning new things, it's not always easy and it's not always kind of motivating in itself because it might be difficult, it might be time confusing, you might get stuck and just having the community there makes it much easier and much more motivating to mm. keep on pushing through. Simply much more fun, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and also, I mean, body language. I mean, if, if body language is like 80% or whatever is the percentage of all communication, then yeah. online we kind of easily miss that, that yes. body language is yes. also important. Of course, in videos you yeah. kind of get that part as well, but, but still. Yeah. yeah, that was kind of the point that I skipped over there, even that, of course, online can also have this kind of community aspect in it. But I think it's never, well, never say never, it might soon be even equally good as, as actually being face to face. But for now, it's it's simply not the same thing as we know through all of the Skype meetings and everything that we've had. It's never as good as face to face. Yeah, perhaps we should uh, experiment more with 360 kind yeah. of filming and, uh, and uh, try to understand what exactly we should be streaming about the situation. Because quite often it's, I mean, I mean, it's with uh, current messaging systems, it's like a kind of narrow picture of all the environment that is happening elsewhere, right? Yeah, exactly. And also it coming just from a flat screen, maybe that's one thing that it's like, the screen you're used to watching movies and stuff that's not real kind of on screen and then you're watching your colleague or friend on screen and it kind of takes something away from the experience mm-hmm. that's true i mean uh, like we walk and talk i mean you can just uh, take your topic with your friend and then just walk uh, 40 minutes and then talk about it but with online this kind of walk and talk is not so easy or at least at least not that common yeah, and I think like one of the biggest issues with this is that then, okay, in some cases, uh, I think there's research on it that in some cases it's even better if you kind of never see the other people because then you don't kind of judge them based on their um, appearance or based on what they say at the, the water cooler. But then again, you also miss all of that. You miss the conversation at the water cooler if you're working remotely with somebody. And, and then maybe you don't kind of forge that sort of friendships 
which I see as an important part of the learning that you you get people who you feel safe with to to call them and ask them for support help if if you feel like you need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, being uh, happy and uh, having having choice sometimes it helps you to learn. Yeah. And uh, yeah, very nice. How do you see? Uh, I mean, actually, in the in the future, universities should they be more like I mean, more collaborating perhaps or kind of. Easy, easier for students to move between different universities, be it online settings or, you know, offline settings. What do you think about this? Because, I mean, clearly online helps us to move in the cloud, right? <laughs> but uh, should the same happen with the physical universities as well? Uh, I think that would be wonderful to see. So there's been a lot of talk about kind of the money following the student so that the student could themselves choose where they want to go, uh, who they want to learn from. I think that might also create a good kind of a little bit competitive setting between universities that it's not enough that you get the student in, but you also have to be able to provide quality content for the student to want to stay. So that being said, I would also like to see more active collaboration between universities and not just between universities, but also between other sectors um, because I think well obviously technology is advancing fast and it's having effects on all aspects of life not just on like technological fields like even even restaurants so in order to be able to keep up um, with uh, both the kind of um, theoretical knowledge and advances in that and then kind of what is actually happening in the field Uh, I think it's super crucial for uh, universities uh, and and industry to work together to better understand each other and to kind of just to stay up to date, which will become increasingly hard. Yeah, kind of continuous learning. I mean, yeah. companies are increasingly all the time uh, giving training training to their uh, own employees and uh, also elsewhere, right? So. How do we how do we create a mix, an interesting mix for learners to? Yeah, yeah, that's like um, I think that's a super interesting topic that I would personally like to see happen more, even here at uh, Aldo University, that uh, we would offer some kind of smaller modules for people who are already out there in the workforce, that um, they could come here just to get their skills update, updated on a small bit that complements their job. Because for most people uh, coming to a university for a full degree, it's a really big commitment. And then uh, these uh, short courses that are offered are often very expensive. And then again, there is like open university, but that's kind of not tailored to the needs of people who are already out there in the workforce. So kind of we are lacking an offering to provide lifelong learning. We are kind of talking so much about it that it's needed but we are not really answering how people can do it, how people can become lifelong learners. Yeah, we should have kind of off-the-shelf answers. I mean, this morning I was a panelist in Finnish Design Academy's uh, Spring Forum, and uh, there was one participant that asked it after the panel, like, I mean, uh, it's, it, she would like to take my information visualization course, and I was wondering what to exactly, exactly answer to it. I mean, mm-hmm. although, I mean, I'm, of course, in online learning in many, many ways, but, but then... We should have much more like actual solutions for for the need. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And kind of understanding. I think it's often like I'm I'm coming back to this human aspect all the time. But 
I think if if Aalto University would be providing opportunities for these smaller modules, for example, I think one important part of that would be to bring people with different backgrounds together to work on those uh, same issues um, so that they can learn from each other. Uh, most of the the maybe most of the things that people want to learn are not something that you can just read from a book. It's it's something that you need to actually work on and reflect on and try it out for yourself to be able to actually kind of uh, learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perhaps we should really, really, I mean, make a big, uh, big step and uh, start accepting students else from elsewhere to come to our courses. Whether that means in practice, that's <laughs> that's another question. That is something to be solved. But perhaps with online means, I mean, we can actually do it without yeah. too much uh, introducing new work for the teachers, right? Exactly. Yes. Yes. But then again, also, um, that's kind of, I see that as a first step that would make it kind of more acceptable thought that, okay, there are also people who are not enrolled as Aalto University students who come here and take part. So kind of maybe as a first step, take them part as something that's already existing and giving them access to the material. Uh, But then as a second step, I, I would say it's a really crucial part to have a specialized offering for for the people coming from from the workforce who just want this one skill or want to kind of work on one aspect of their skill set. Absolutely. I know uh, it comes to my mind that uh, in your one of the fantastic workshops that you were organizing uh, for the University of the Universities of the Future um, project, uh, we were in in our group. We were brainstorming about an idea. Where in the course it would be 50% coming from elsewhere. I mean, basically, uh, people outside the university and then 50% from the university. I think there is, in Stanford, there is this kind of model that has been uh, used already for a while a bit with big success. Yeah. And uh, obviously here we should uh, apply it somehow, perhaps, uh, and depending on the field. But this is, this is I mean, it, it's a concept yeah. that we could uh, just try out. Yeah, and I see great opportunities for this. Now at Aalto University, we are having like so many um, companies on campus. We have Gail and Amy right next door. And I think there's huge potential that we are not kind of making use of at the moment. So hopefully that will yeah. change yeah. soon. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, we have Metro even, so it's easy to attract people uh, coming from uh, the city center and, uh, and uh, from Gail and Amy, like you mentioned. Yeah. Uh, talking about online, so... Um, yourself uh, what did you learn online last time what did I learn online um well I think I learned something related to my hobbies so um, just like by watching videos and, and seeing how people are doing stuff you learn yourself kind of oh okay like I could do it that way and oh okay like that's how it's done well that's cool now I know so that's sort of kind of really informal learning And then otherwise, um, what really stuck in my mind, I actually took out of curiosity this um, MOOC online called Learning How to Learn because it was named as the most popular MOOC of all time. And um, I think that was an interesting experience kind of to reflect really on your own ways to learn and how you could become a better learner. And I also see it kind of as... um, People really have a need to learn how to learn if if that's the most popular MOOC of all time. I mean, there's millions of them and there's so many different topics 
that you can go into and then it's about like well how do i learn mm. i think that's pretty cool yeah it's kind of um instead of talking about perhaps about freedom it's like uh, what we all have is time right yeah and now whether we can actually use that time to learn something yeah or whether we are just you know kind of stuck with new i mean some course that we are taking yeah as a, as a student or as a lifelong learner right yeah well, i think there was an interesting point last week uh we had these workshops for our project and in one of them um there was this point that the freedom to choose what you want to learn and when is also dangerous because if you are in in the working life you're likely to be very busy so then you will choose to kind of survive from your workload and that's away from the learning that you could do so i think freedom is wonderful but it's kind of a two-edged sword yeah i mean it, it actually reminds me of the discussion between learning skills and learning how to think yeah what do you think about that <laughs> oh wow uh, <laughs> i think that in in today's world learning how to think or learning how to learn is probably more important than learning a specific skill because all this online and all these opportunities have brought learning specific skills if we're talking for example about coding now um, so learning that kind of skills is available to you if you know how to learn them so i think that's why this like learning how to learn and learning how to think is super important um and with like obviously with google uh you if you're kind of creative enough you can pretty much figure out anything online then of course there there is then like really uh, deep research into topics and then that's a different story uh but but even there i would guess that it's a lot about being able to kind of think critically and creatively and and that sort of stuff mm-hmm. is that the um, yeah so we, um, when we think about the uh, future of learning and your vision about the future of learning is that in the core of it like like learning to learn and learning to think and and uh, kind of transforming our current education to help people actually to learn to learn and learn to think uh, rather than I think it's about yes. both. Yeah. I think it's about finding a balance of, uh, first of all, of creating a mindset uh, of becoming lifelong learners, creating the mindset and the culture that we all want to be lifelong learners. And then it's also about um, providing these kind of like skills for finding information and critical thinking and all this like kind of really basic core skills that you need to be able to then uh, both learn and apply more subject specific knowledge in into your work and of course also that kind of very subject specific knowledge it's not necessarily easy to learn so even for that i think universities should have a role of providing that um kind of guidance where to start where to aim for uh what to improve on and providing the the kind of peer support to getting through the learning process Excellent. And our final, um, but not least, uh, so if you think about, I mean, our podcast is called Cloud Regions, meaning that, I mean, cloud is like a dream or online, I mean, something to reach out. So so in your own field, um, who do you think is a cloud reacher or, I mean, it can be a person or organization or 
What do you think? Well, um, I'm, I'm still going to go with um, Esa Saarinen because to me he represents this person who's really talking about kind of systems thinking and understanding the bigger picture and understanding the situation uh, holistically, understanding yourself, uh, understanding kind of who you are, where you want to go. And I think that's really something that should be figured out before you can become really good at anything else. Um, so kind of the future of learning, I think in the future learning, um, this kind of understanding yourself and your, your understanding kind of systems thinking and, and being able to see the bigger picture, those are super important things. Um, I know as has been kind of teaching this for several years already, but I think that's still kind of the future of learning as well. Thanks, yeah, I so agree with, with that, uh, that statement. Hey, uh, this was the um, episode uh, of Cloud Reaches with Laura Virtavori, I'm Tomi Kaupinen. Thanks, Laura, so much for joining. Thank you for inviting me.